0: Babe, what's in your hair it looks nice? Is that a bead or look, a clip? Clips.
1: A pearl clip. Oh my God, she's fucking beautiful. Miss you. Wish we were doing this in the flesh.
0: Oh, she's back. Flex mommy. Flex mama. Flexy mum.
1: Flexi. It is I. The woman with many names. Lil, oh
0: God, she's back. You have written a book since we last spoke on the podcast and we're going to talk about it today because fuck me, it's good.
1: Thanks, babe. It's, (laughs) it's, um, you know, I agree. (laughs) (laughs) You'd fucking hope so. You'd fucking hope so. um,
0: I've started, because babe, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. You sent me the book. Have I started reading it? No. Mm -mm. Have I listened to the audio book? Yeah. But I th- then it got to a point, babe, in the book where you were like, time to do some work. And I was like, fuck. And it wasn't. You like, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> this is meant was, to be a feel good i was like <laughs> this is my friend talk like i was like my friend is talking why do i have to why is she making me do things they bossing me around like, like like it was like on oh, my big speakers in my apartment so your voice was like carrying i have a 200 apartment on the balcony like you could hear your voice everywhere like all of bondi could hear you saying
1: <laughs> talking. the voice me. of god yeah.
0: <laughs> Now it's time to critically think. Yeah, yeah. please a <laughs> I'm like mopping. I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but you know, no. But it got to a point where you were like, I want you to write something down. And it wasn't that I was like, I don't want to do it. It was that I want to do it properly because I could have kept listening, Great. but I was like, no, no, no. I'm gonna wait to have actual time.
1: So, but I listened to the premise. I'm, I was gonna lie and say that I listened to it, but I haven't. Sorry. If not for me writing it or reading it, I wouldn't have. Like, I wouldn't have either. So we're on the same page with that one. But I'm going to. But I want to do it properly. So when I do it, we're gonna do it. My PA though. Texted me yesterday
0: and was like, oh my god, I'm listening to Flex's book. And I said, Thank God. Send me
1: <laughs> One of us is.
0: <laughs> Thank goodness for that. No, no. <laughs> well, I think about an audiobook when, really recently.
1: Yeah, like a moment ago.
0: Like what, last week? Or am I? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. So it's not like I've like ignored it for two months. I have started it in, within the first seven days of it being out, right?
1: Which is huge. It's Thank a big you. ask. I totally understand. Thank you. But
0: it's, it's been amazing thus far until I had to do things and we've paused. So at the start of the book, you have this sort of like intro that was great to listen to about what it's going to be and that it's a self-help book, but it's relatable. So can you explain to everyone listening what the premise is and how you got to that? Idea and what the fuck motivated you to do this? Like, I mean, maybe just that you're so smart, so you know that everyone could could <laughs> could benefit from girl your thought. <laughs> girl me. Boss,
1: and they the hate power to see of her the winning. girl boss,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> undeniable. <laughs> okay, well, I guess before writing the book, I was mulling over. I guess what I'd been noticing in Gen Zs and millennials. And the reoccurring rhetoric that was floating around the internet is that most of us want to live lives differently to what's been done before. So we might want to do things unconventionally or non-traditionally, but when we look to measure the quality of our lives we do so by conventional success metrics which is just contradictory Mm. so for example if you know you're somebody who really wants to quote unquote make a change you want to leave the earth better than when you got here right which feels like you know woo woo and and really out of this world but then on the day-to-day you measure the success of what you do by whether or not you have a good corporate job yeah what is that about and why do we do that and so I was hypothesizing Is it possible to know what you know about the world, to know that it's hard to do the things that you want to do, to know that you live a contradictory oxymoronic lifestyle where what you do contradicts with what you believe? Can you sort of tip the poles a little bit and create almost a guideline or a formula for yourself to ensure that on a day to day, you can also achieve success for you, by you, made with what you want in mind while doing the things that you need to? Mm -hmm. And the reason why I was hypothesizing this is because I feel as though I keep having to remind myself and people that I speak to that you don't arrive at the destination of whatever without making changes today and tomorrow and the next day to get there. And so many of us have idealistic ideas about what we prefer our life to be, but refuse to do anything Mm. on the day to day to ensure that we get there. And so when I broke it down into like, okay, okay, well, what can we do in a day-to-day to ensure that we get from A to like, you know, the beautiful Z, I was like, well, we have to start at the very basics. And the first thing that always like just irks me is the fact that people expect that they're able to craft a life that they want without knowing anything about themselves. And you might say, oh, I know myself well, you know, I wake up every day with myself. I, you know have intrusive thoughts all the time with myself and it's like yeah well you you observe yourself being Mm -hmm. and we do that every day like you watch the way you observe to external stimulus but who are you in a room with four white walls with no stimulus who are you what do you care about what do you want and if you don't know that then how can you trust that what you say you want is exactly what you want and so we go through these this six step process of unpacking you know who you are who you want to be what you want why you want it and that's more so discovering like what you think it's going to do for you because we all know we live in a capitalist society Mm -hmm. and wanting is just part of it so when you extract or detach from this idea of like wanting is the norm what do you want for what do you expect any of this is going to do for you and then we talk about how you're going to get it and then what happens when you do and the reason why I called it an experiment is because I was personally so sick of reading self-development books that really over-enthused how much they could do for me. Like if I'm lazy, unproductive, anxious, with no follow-through, don't promise me a book is gonna change my life. Because it's not. If something was gonna change my life, something would have changed by now. <laughs> but I really do believe I would have done it. I would have So, And the
0: person wants to dance a random right so right. so, so, man I'm trying to tell <laughs> me about me. Some 60 year old psychologist on the, uh, this is an audiobook going for a run, being like, I yeah. have mm, no, no idea.
1: Who But I wanted to emphasize like it's an experiment and I'm only hypothesizing what I believe to be true if you do this experiment in its entirety with its intention. So not doing the Abbey where you stop at the activity. No, no, (laughs) no, no, no. She paused.
0: It wasn't a stop. No. It was a pause. It was a pause in order to get here on time, to be able to do the interview, to talk to you because it's part of my career and my success. That is a day -day (laughs) day to day step. I have a career. <laughs> I have something to do. I'm really busy. I need babe. to earn money. I'm really busy. Girl bosses keep winning. Uh, and what if my goal is to be a girl boss? Flex. Maybe exactly. Maybe that's all I want in life is to keep winning. And direction is so important. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's so interesting and and important that you're saying that we need to understand who we are and therefore what we actually want because I think a lot of us, particularly millennials, maybe not Gen Z as much. I think they're kind of breaking the mold a little bit more. But I think le- okay, let's talk about that. I think a little. I think I think because we were raised by boomers. So, I think we have this like direct link to people who are telling us, you know, what you need to do is get, get your degree, go get a good job, sit in that job for 25 years, and then, you know, work 60 hours a week and you're pay for 38. And I think it's interesting to talk to you because we have like a similar, we're both in media, we've very different jobs. I mean, you have much more going on than me that's for sure.
1: You're like what Do not a million businesses. <laughs> You're
0: like a million businesses, DJ. But like we've we have like we're both in media, right? We're both our own bosses and we're both, I think, successful people as a whole. Yeah. But I was in a corporate world and I could have easily just sat in that corporate job for the rest of my life. And it wasn't that's a bad thing, but I wasn't really happy or fulfilled or successful in my mind. And I don't think anything that I could have done from that would have made me successful until I just kind of accidentally went on a show as a joke and then kind of was able to uncover what I actually wanted from there. Whereas you have had this vision, I guess, since you were younger and have worked so hard at it and kept pushing. And you say at the start of the book that you want to make sure that your success wasn't a fluke. So how do you figure out what you want if you are in that mindset of like, this is good enough?
1: I feel you. Well, similarly, I also did the corporate job thing. And I really do think unless I had been steadfast in what I wanted, I would have assumed that was right. I think the thing about trying to figure out what you want, the fundamental advice I can give you without talking through the whole book is to think about the characteristics of what you want as opposed to the title. And the reason why I ask people to do that is I think a lot of us are disillusioned by what titles would do for us. So for example, I want to be a DJ, which is fine and dandy, but let's take just a quick second to unpack that a little bit. And let's talk about what do you even think a DJ does? Mm. How is that going to benefit you? What do you expect to gain from this job? Does your imagination or does your fantasy of that job line up with the reality of that job? And do you need to do the job to figure that out? Or can you ask questions? Can you research? I feel as though A lot of the ways we're socialized to express ourselves is to find the simplest language, the simplest articulation, and hope that it's understood by as many people as possible. And that strategy works if what you want is simple and easy to achieve. But I'm sure for a lot of people, it's not. You're caught between what you want, what you think you want, what's achievable, what you like, what you don't like. And so take it back. So when I think about myself, when I was working in PR and social media full time, I definitely assumed that I wanted that because it was what was in front of me. And so because I was tying a lot of my self-worth to the job, I assumed that every time I was dissatisfied with life, it meant that the job wasn't right and therefore I needed a new job. Mm -hmm. So it took working in PR, working in social media, becoming a DJ, becoming an MTV presenter to be like, wait a second, maybe it's not the job. Maybe it's something, maybe it's something about me. And so I had to think, well, what are even even the characteristics of the things that I want? And where am I constantly hitting a wall? And I think the first thing or the the most overwhelming thing that stands out to me is that I cannot be in an environment where I cannot express myself the way I think is realistic. And you might think everybody has that issue. No, because not everybody sells themselves for a living. Mm -hmm. Not everybody sells their face, their identity, their wants, their needs, their strengths, their weaknesses. And so when you work in, Industries that give you the appearance that you are able to present yourself for yourself and then you start working in TV and you're reading a script and then they start dressing you differently and then they create a persona for you and an archetype. I'm like, no wonder I feel so out of sorts with this. It doesn't align with what I want. I really wanted to be able to express myself creatively, but not in a stereotypical way. Because if you go tell a boomer, I want to be creative, they're like, great, draw a picture. I'm like, no, creativity (laughs) for me is where like logic aligns with imagination in a really beautiful, harmonious way. You cannot pitch that. To your boss in in marketing.
0: I mean, I I know, in a harmonious I way. I want to have my mind expanded, but also held tight by logic. Yeah. I want to understand the world, but also expand my mind. They're like, okay, no, babe. All right, Clocking clock off. Not sure.
1: Okay, let's give you some time in Lou. Take a break. <laughs> time in lieu. Are you okay, Day? <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. So if you cannot explain these things about yourself. Even fundamentally, a lot of us, when we start thinking about what we want in terms of the trajectory of our lives, most people settle on career. And like, I don't want to be an idealist and say like, you can be more than your career because I haven't figured that out yet. But, yeah, you know, is it really achievable for everyone to assume that, the thing that you spend the most time doing, i.e. working, is going to be the most fulfilling thing you do, that's not how it works for everyone. And I don't know who bamboozled you into thinking that is the case for everyone. If happiness was accessible in that way, in the easiest way possible, being the thing that you do most often is the thing that makes you the most happy, then most of us would just be happy, but it's not the case. So it's knowing what you know about like the external world, society, the glass ceiling, sexism, racism, gender, things that actually stop you from getting what you want, things that are ever green things that you cannot change no matter what you do and then the internal world your belief your mindset your perspective your goals your resilience your follow-through when you merge those two things together you get a more clear blueprint of what you're able to do rather than constantly deluding yourself and thinking that like I don't need to worry about racism It doesn't exist or gender doesn't affect me. It does, babe. Mm -hmm. It does. And the sooner (laughs) you figure out how, the easier it'll be for you to disregard those things. But you can't pretend they don't exist first in favor of whatever delusion you think is gonna happen once you go for your dreams.
0: Fuck me. I just wanna can we just have flex as the podcast host? (laughs) It makes me just be like Man. Five minutes flex session Oh my god Yes Oh my god Please I fucking I fucking I also love having people on podcasts That have podcasts Because they just talk and talk and talk And they're not like Yeah um, Yeah Uh-huh Uh-huh mm. uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh Uh-huh And it's also easier to edit Yeah Oh yeah Len. <laughs> Yeah, I, I love as well when you're talking about what we want, but it, we're also taking into account what we actually need because you also do need an income to survive. So I love the idea of shifting that focus of what brings us happiness. Like you could have a job that you fucking hate. My old job, hated it every day, crying in the bathrooms, crying, crying, crying. Stopped wearing mascara for a while there because I was like, no point. No point. Like, I, <laughs> babe, I fucking... It's getting dire. Babe, I fucking hated it. It was and I hated it. everyone that I worked with. If you listen to this, I hated you all the whole time. But at the time, Lem's pissing herself, and Lem's, Lem, me, I want them all to know because I held it in for so many years. I want I want my stories that I was like, I fucking hated you all. Like, and one of the guys I used to work with DM me and he was like, even me? And I was like, no. Oh. Yes. Even me? Yes, even Abby? me. I Abby? Mean, <laughs> but this idea, I think if I had the ability to shift my focus from thinking that, right, like, Okay, I have to be happy at work because I spend forty five to fifty hours a week there and these are the main people that I see. Therefore I have to make this work rather than saying this is a necessity for my life and I can find the in other places. Is that kind of the idea? Am I correct in, in understanding that?
1: Depends though, because we've not even done the first chapter, which is who you are, and that's gonna override everything. I I we can't even talk about <laughs> we can't even talk about what you want because we haven't talked about who you are, who you want to be. And that doesn't matter what kind of, you know, quick course you do in productivity, you will not get to what you want unless you fundamentally understand who you are. It's going to be the thing that either makes or breaks anything that comes after it. Mm -hmm. You can't escape who you are to get what you want. You can't like, we barely have control over our minds, our brains, our prejudices, what we think, what we believe to think you're going to override that in order to be like, hey brain, today we're gonna do this thing because we want it. Sometimes want isn't good enough. So it's going back to bare fundamentals. Who are you? What is, what what is fueling you? What are your values? What do you stand for? What are your skills? What are your weaknesses? What are your flaws? What are the things that get in your way every time? What are your barriers to achievement? If you do not know those things like the back of your hand, the way you know that the air is breathable and the water is drinkable, then you, you do not have the range to do anything else intentionally. For me, like the book and the premise of the book is all about intention and foresight. Without those two, you cannot do anything consistently because you're relying on luck, a fluke, or quote unquote, the powers at B to conspire in a way that suits you. And it's just not the way the world works, realistically, for most people. Yeah. And, like, that brings in a separate conversation about, like, privilege and, like, blah, 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 blah. But But, like, for the basic person wanting to do things, anything, wanting to feel good about the way their life is structured and what's coming for them, you need to know who you are.
0: hmm So, when you're talking about fluke and luck as well, I want to speak about this. And I'm wondering if you, with your success, do you... Okay, do you either spend time thinking about this or do you not? Thinking about whether your success was a combination of which parts were luck, which parts were hard work, which parts were my raw talent that, you know, is my natural ability to speak and and think this way. Do you, th- do you try to dissect that in your head or do you just go, this is just what's happened and I'm working hard. I'm doing what I can to add to it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, do you, yeah. do you have it? A- Cause I have those moments where I'm like, mm, and then I think too much imposter syndrome. Let's get out of that mindset. Let's just go back.
1: I used to do that, but on the alternate, it gave me far too big of an ego because like, even though we do similar things in the industry, we don't take up the same amount of space. I'm one of maybe five Africans in Australia in media. Think about, about population size, 26 million and like people are going to be struggling to, f- to count the other four. Yeah. So w- in terms of actual like ratio, I'm like, this is exceptional. Like you cannot tell me what I'm doing isn't exceptional. And if I'd done one thing, sure. Like one cool thing, she was a DJ, absolutely. No, it's the repetition. It's the fact that in every slash, in every silo, like it's clear, It's it's not... I don't even need to create the metrics to determine that I'm doing a good thing. Mm -hmm. The stats speak for me. So the opportunities, the space I take up, what I get paid, like the fact that I'm regarded as, you know, good at what I do. And I don't think convincing people, those things feel good. However, I think when we try to use our like quote unquote monkey brains to make sense of things that we will never have access to, like you'll never really know what percentage of what you did was a fluke or whether it was luck, whether it's just you being opportunistic, you won't know. So it's better to figure out a formula that you can use to determine what you think happened so for me because everything that I'm doing in my career is quite formulaic or strategic I take full responsibility of how well it goes because I tried like this wasn't like I'm just gonna wait until so-and-so reaches out and pitches me a book no that's not how it happened yeah that's really not how you were writing this book for
0: (laughs) so long like when we first met you were like I'm writing a book and I was like sounds hard anyway um (laughs) (laughs)
1: Huh? <laughs> anyway you want to
0: talk about <laughs> anyway, anyway let's talk about sex or something i don't know let's play a game and then have a few drinks yeah yeah you've you've worked your fucking ass off and you and you do take opportunities and I think that's a really hard thing to do you have this tenacity that i think i have as well where people don't understand that it isn't just luck things aren't just handed to you like I hate to bring it back to me but like this love island thing right These people get really mad at me whenever i'm cast on tv they're like i'll get the dms obviously being like why did you get this role Mm, because I, well, initially I applied for a show two years ago that I thought would be funny. Then after that, I got up- trolled to shit. Then I worked my ass off fixing that reputation. Then I won I'm a Sub to Get Me Out of Here by forcing mum to come down and have a sign on Spondi Road. Sorry, my yeah. mum, yeah. Forced mum, fr- made my friend get a tattoo. <laughs> yeah. Like, and then I won that. And then the same production company were like, okay, would you think of doing something else? And I said, yes. Then I watched my arse off for the audition and then I got it. I didn't just sit around. They didn't go, oh, you know, they didn't just DM me going, hey, babe, <laughs> um, do you want to be on TV? It's all the fucking, it's all the free radio. And I'm, sh- this for you, this is free. We're not paying Flex, Newsflash. Like, so you're here for free, spending an hour, probably an hour and a half, until I do get finished, and talking to me about shit because you know that this will help your book and your profile and also bring you joy because it's me and cause love you. Exactly. But all the free all the random radio interviews you do, the TV stuff you do to get onto MTV, you weren't just randomly picked out of a lineup and they were like, her. It was you working your ass off and having the ability to go for what you wanted and verbalize that because sometimes it's embarrassing, particularly for particularly for women. Young women, and I'm managing as a woman of color, to ask for what you want and be so certain that you can get it, and you have the ability to have it.
1: It makes complete sense. Don't second guess yourself.
0: I know. That's, I got nervous that she was going to say that when I said that. Yeah, I was like nervous.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, but I feel like it's that's a, a whole
0: part of it, and I think that's what I realized because I had this weird. Entrance into this world was that I could have, I probably could have had a career in, I don't know, Instagram or at the very least marketing or social media marketing or PR, even if it was a corporate job, if I just thought that I could do that. In the book, you say that I do things because I can, not necessarily because you want to. I mean, you still want to. Like, I remember I was talking to you I was like, so did you love music? And you're like, yeah, I mean, yeah, but also I was just good at it. I
1: guess. I was just good at it.
0: <laughs> so I did it. I think as well, though, I acknowledge that I'm very, very lucky in how this all happened. But it, it's frustrating to me thinking about me if I hadn't gone on The Bachelor and how I would have just been sitting in my office job and I could have had all these other opportunities and all it would have taken was putting my mind to things and putting myself out there and risking failing. But in the book, you say...
1: I'm going to stop you there, though, because how many people globally do we know who have been on a reality TV show and had nothing come from it? Majority. Yeah. Because (laughs) think about it. Think about the, the population size. Think about those who ever make it to reality TV. Like that's a 0.0001% chance. Then of those people, those who are able to leverage what they did in that random ecosystem into the real world forever and ever and ever, or even for a prolonged period of time, it is a rarity. And even if you don't want to take full credit for that because of whatever reason, you cannot say that it's just like a product of you being on some random show. It really wasn't. It was the catalyst, sure. But like look at like without making anybody feel shit about not getting a career post-reality TV show, <laughs> like it requires a lot of effort people aren't willing to recognize. But that brings me back to an, an initial point I wanted to make when we talk about luck and opportunity and stuff. And I hate a sob story, but for me what's what's really important about contextualizing anybody's success is to understand where they came from and if this trajectory was always going to happen. Me, for example, I almost failed high school. Yes, I want to talk about that. Critical thinking was not something that came to my mind. I wasn't a high achiever. I wasn't someone who benefited from nepotism. Single parent household, blah, blah, blah. These things, even if we look at me objectively on paper, you cannot say I was destined to go to get to this destination by luck. It wasn't going to happen. So, like, we have to be really realistic and say, like, this is not about making everybody feel special or making everybody feel as though they, too, have the agency to do exactly what they want in the way that we did it. Mm -hmm. But I do think it's really important to demystify how one gets here. And it all goes back to the same thing. Belief, intent, action and foresight. If you don't have the combination of those three then yeah, definitely a fluke. Mm -hmm. But how can you say, Abby, from the time that you left The Bachelor, have you not been really aware of all the opportunities that are coming your way? Like, have you not been aware of how you can, every time you talk about something other than The Bachelor, you are crafting your persona. You are crafting the way that you want to be perceived by your audience. You're not clinging onto the fact that, you know, I was once on this show and so and so. You've, you've, we're so much, we're so past that. Mm. We're in the year of Jabby. <laughs> She's saving lives. <laughs> this is so much more than I was once on a reality TV show.
0: <laughs> the year of Jabby. That's so we're in the year of funny. Jabby. Well, speaking of actually, I want to talk to you. This is not really related to the book. So, well, I guess it is. I guess everything is. I guess our it lives is. are, our entire lives are. But I want to talk to you. There was an, uh, a TikTok, maybe this is an Instagram story, unsure. But, um, and you were talking about being an influencer in real life and people think that being an influencer is an easy job and then you were saying well who do you influence in your life how do, what what do you bring to the table can you talk about that for a little while because it was such an interesting interesting thought
1: I absolutely can now let me start off by saying that I understand that most of your audience is going to be women cis women so let's talk cis women to cis women internalized misogyny is rough you all need to detach yourselves ASAP. If you can look at an influencer despite not respecting what they do, not respecting their career, and you can say hand on heart that what they do is not hard, you are either not self-aware, you can't critically think, or you are struggling with internalized misogyny. As somebody who has really like struggled with this title of influencer, because of how demeaning it is, and because I didn't, you know, write a book have a Spotify original podcast, tour the world for however many years, DJ, be a TV presenter, be a model, just so you could call me an influencer and demean the work I've done so far. But that aside, let's not get into it. As an influencer, I feel like it's really frustrating for people to look at that career and not recognize that it's not simple because if it was, you would do it too. Yeah. The fundamentals of what it is to be an influencer is to have influence over people. And you might say, well, no, They don't influence me to do anything. That's not necessarily true. If influence was innate, you would be influencing your inner circle. Your friends won't even come to you for a TV recommendation. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Your own parents (laughs) (laughs) won't ask you for a restaurant recommendation. But you somehow believe that someone who has managed to cultivate a following, even 20,000, is doing nothing. You think for some reason that that is easy mm-hmm. that easy that is, and that skill yeah it's it's, it's, and also, luck.
0: And t- it's it's skill and talent and a lot of fucking hard work and a lot of uh, doing a lot of free shit that you're not getting paid for not getting knowledge for i mean the other day fuck when i said the other day i mean before lockdown so what uh, four months ago <laughs> i met someone and they were like oh like do you get paid do you think you're overpaid and i was like <laughs> I mean, I guess, like, I have a really decent income that I'm super happy with. Never thought that I would ever earn this money for what I do. But I also am constantly fucking working and not even just working, also, like, researching things and trying to understand and trying to learn more stuff, trying to learn more about the world and about myself and about politics so that I can have those informed opinions just put on social media. I'm not just randomly deciding one day that I'm going to post on my Instagram story about, like, for example, the vaccines. I'm doing a lot of fucking research and understanding in that and sitting there and thinking about why these anti-vax think the way that they do. I'm not just spurting information for no reason. Same with you and your critical thinking and all your posts on your stories and also your entire game that you have, which if you haven't played it,
1: we're judging you. Judging, <laughs>
0: judging you. You, you sent me like eight packs, and I was handing them out to people. I was like, guys, please hate them, spread the word. But like, you're not just sitting there and suddenly having these thoughts. You are, you are talking to your friends about it, or you're reading something, and it's, it's sparking a thought in you, and then you're able to articulate it well, and that, that's where your skill and talent comes in, and in your intelligence, and then you also have the ability to respond to your. Uh, your viewers and your followers in a way that is articulate understanding and therefore it creates a relationship with you. It isn't just that you have a platform and you decided one day to be a DJ and a writer and you were like, great, that's it. It's it's a whole lot of back work and if we didn't hourly pay, uh, I don't know, it's like our entire minimum lives wage. minimum wage. <laughs> it's like I'm always working but I'm never working because I enjoy doing the podcast. But right now we're working. That's
1: capitalism in your brain, babes. You are always working. Okay. Okay. Don't say because you enjoy it. It's not work. That's how they get you. (laughs) Well, you can't enjoy your life. (laughs) Okay. Here's the thing. If I talk about myself and influencing, for example, okay, there's a lot of rhetoric that like, I'm so lucky to be in this position. Use your platform for good. If I could even explain the amount of work that I, or the amount of brands who will not work with me because I talk about race.
0: Can yeah. you even imagine? Had, yeah, it, yeah, it would be endless. And do they they say that to you directly, or you just, or you've like, how do you? Absolutely, they say it directly. Say, I'm not brand
1: friendly. I'm not brand friendly. Too controversial. I'm not too controversial. You, know, you talk about sex, blah blah blah, and fine. They, like I'm happy to die on that hill because you know. I'm selling myself and I want to do it in the way that it works best for me. Um, Okay, before we do a little nightmare for you, I do
0: want to ask you about, a lot of people asked about your close friend stories. I guess we kind of want to plug them as well. So you now have paid content in your close friend stories, which is such a smart and genius idea. And I think it also proves how much Instagram is a business and how you need a business mind to be able to operate it to a successful place. So what made you decide to do that? We've already spoken this in in like a text, but tell the people. Uh, what yes, made you I would love to talk about yeah this. what made you decide to do it and why that structure and that format uh instead of like let's say like an only fans or a tell
1: me some things flex the thing about cultivating uh a platform or a community like mine is is, is it's, it's extremely contingent on two-way interaction two-way discussions and so If we draw comparisons between me and your classic lifestyle influencer, they talk at you. They sell things to you. The communication line goes from them to you and it stops. And they might respond to you when it's an opportunity to plug more of what they're doing. They might give you a discount code if there's an affiliate link. They might respond to your question about where's the outfit from because they have a vlog coming up. All of this is really insular and feeds the direct purpose of feeding money or feeding opportunity back into their platform. So much of what I've been doing on my platform is educating people and about, you know, taboo topics. But also what that required of me was like a step, almost like a more intimate way of interacting with people. And I found what happens is like, and I keep coming back to this term called parasocial relationships. And it's this idea that people, namely people who are the audience of people like us, people who share a lot of themselves online, feel like they know these influences, they feel entitled to information about these influences, that is realistically not to be expected. I think it's really odd that in 2021, people think it's appropriate to ask like, can I get a tour of your house? Can I get information on your family? What do they do for work? Or, you know, if they if they see you tag a friend, they now go to your friend's accounts, ask them for information. I'm like, I think, I was naive to think that it would be so simple to do a job that's so open. Like, for, you know, like, it's not like I work in engineering and I'm like, I don't know, like, uh, you can't know what I do. This is, this is a secret. It's very clear what I do. And yet I'm still fighting to be paid to do that job. Not even paid fairly, paid period. If you love this content so much, if it entertains you more than Netflix, if you know you can come here every day for content tailored to you, why am I not deserving of, it was of a conversation. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, we, we've been talking for too long.
1: Um, yeah. <laughs> I keep getting
0: Lem going, nightmare fuel.
1: Okay, nightmare fuel. <laughs> oh my
0: God. That's horrible. I can't believe you did that. What the fuck? Would you mind just not going out with him again? <laughs>
1: So basically those who know know that i ran a podcast for three years talking about like race and identity um and i did that with a black co-host but our audience is majority white australian like 90 percent. so i recognized when i was having a lot of these discussions it was coming from a place of like i needed to educate in the most basic way possible and also not assume that everybody has access to a black person to verify so we would have to get like quite deep and quite like specific about these these topics of race and identity. Similar to when you talk about sex, you're not talking about it in a theoretical sense. You're like here, this is how you don't. Anyway, so what that's also done or like the consequence of that is like, Every day, multiple times a day, somebody will, like, will put racism in my DMs um, and in order for me to help them unpack it. So someone will message me and be like, hey Flex, my boyfriend thinks that all black people are on the dole and they're monkey slaves. Um, can you give me any advice on how to deal with that? So... A couple of weeks ago, somebody shared an IGTV with me. Now, when I got this DM, it was in my message request. So this means that this person has not messaged me before up until this point. So we can assume that they might be a new follower or we can assume that they've been following for a while and have not messaged me before. Either way, it's not great. So they send me this video and the video is titled How the KKK is the Same as Black Lives Matter now without even going into the rest of that video i don't really think that people understand how fucking traumatizing it is to get any content about like a a, like a racial terrorist group in your dms from someone telling you that they're a fan of you like think about your worst trauma slid into your dms under the guise of curiosity but it gets worse so to accompany this video, this person has sent me a, a, a paragraph and this paragraph says, hey, Flex, oh, my God, big fan. Love the way you talk about race. Um, I've learned so much. So my church group has just made this video comparing Black Lives Matter to the KKK. How could they be so dumb? I don't even understand how people think like that. Anyway, just thought that you should see in case you want to comment anything.
0: Uh, how How would you seeing
1: that help you in any way? I was like three moments from a panic attack. I cannot, literally, I don't like, I feel like it's really hard for like non-black people, especially to understand the trauma of blackness just generally. But like, can you like think about what it would feel like to know that there are hate groups out there in the world, like who are (laughs) who form themselves based on the destruction of blackness, who go out of their way to terrorize, kill, maim, lynch black people in Rihanna's 2021. (laughs) And you're (laughs) saying your Australian local church group has made a video comparing a group that exists for black liberation to a white supremacist group that exists to like genocide black people and you're like, mm-hmm, just sending it to you because like, <laughs> how could they think that way? Anyway, I just wanted you to see. And wanted you to dissect it as well. Because what they wanted was for you to post it on your stories and for you to go
0: in go in and talk about it and traumatize yourself for their benefits. They could send it to their little church friends. So they could have you speak about it and you're then the mouthpiece and you then have the value and you then have the deconstruction, but you also have the repercussions of engaging with that content.
1: Personally. Period. So here I am moments away from a panic attack. I'm shaking. I'm hyperventilating. I'm freaking out. i like, this, fu- this shit is so fucked. Like, it is beyond ridiculous that anyone would feel like this is appropriate, let alone someone claiming to be a fan of me. So what do I say? I set my boundary. I say, hey, babes, please don't send me content like this. Like, it's not on. What does that person do? What? They start to be like, oh, no, like if you're not understanding like I'm with you like I don't agree with them like you're taking it you're taking this out of you're misunderstanding me you're you're obviously like not seeing it from my perspective anyway so I'm like you know what I'm not having this one-on-one conversation because it's not it's just not it's not going through so I take a screenshot of that conversation I remove all identifiable information and I say hey Instagram story if you ever feel like you want to send me content like this don't yeah This person then responds and says, my friends follow you. If you could take this down, this is so embarrassing to me. So even in that process of not only bulldozing through my boundaries, traumatizing me, making me feel bad for their ignorance. Now, even in the process where I've explained why it's insensitive, their focus is how how they will now be perceived for an action they did so comfortably, not even five minutes ago. And I'm like, why do you need to take my very traumatizing experiences and make them fun? Not so you can learn, just so you can virtue signal. I'm like, this shit is so fucking crazy. And the gag is I'm not even woke. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> i like, I don't know what, what got you guys twisted. I'm not woke. I'm like one step above your favorite problematic person. Because I wouldn't do what you're doing. <laughs> Oh my fucking God. I would God. much rather be my full problematic self than re-traumatize people I pretend to care about in order to virtue signal. Sick. Sick.
0: <laughs> They're <so>
1: sick. Um... <laughs> Flex, thank you so much for coming on. Love
0: talking to you. As per, love the book. Everyone needs to get it, listen to it. It's freezies. They can also buy the analog version, um,
1: if they, if they want, the vintage version, the vintage version,
0: the the vinyl. <laughs> having it on a vinyl. Seven hours of flex. Um, yeah, get in a close friend stories, guys. Get on there. Yeah. I'm on there. It's very. I'm on there for free.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's a perk of being an actual friend. <laughs> <laughs> my it's friends true. being like, "Do I have to pay him <laughs> no, bed?" It's you're just <laughs> <laughs> you're my literal
0: <laughs> close friend.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but thanks so much, Blair. I thanks. love it here. Bye. Love ya.